Yeah, I am uh, opening the Faulkner document. <laughs> How are you going? How's it going? How's stuff? <clears throat> it's going good. I I really uh, had a good time. I went to one of my favorite used bookstores to buy Chekhov today, so that was dangerous Ooh. because I had to walk past other books, you know. But yeah, I knew I would find Chekhov there. They they have a a great collection that seems to never be um, unreplenished. Somehow, I don't know how, but that's cool. It's very well, cool. What plays? What plays are in the collection you got? I made sure that it had those three which you mentioned. I can okay. go. I can go get it if you want, but uh, I made sure it had those three at least. Yeah, those are the the big three. Okay. Um, he wrote some others, but like you know, like one act stuff and uh, dramatic speeches and things, um, which I'm not super concerned with. Now I know you're Intruder super like concerned that. with Intruder in the Dust, though, right? That was uh, oh yeah <laughs> something. <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna jump in? Yeah, because I am geared up, ready to go. So okay, yeah, I think I think uh, you might be kind of driving more on this one. Uh, um, you're so I don't have committed to, to not caring about things. It's irritating sometimes. <laughs> Which is fine. Uh, it's fine. You just you check out when you don't like it. I understand. I mean, I guess most people do, right? You should, I suppose. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I hadn't... I don't know if I would have finished this book if, if we weren't like reading it together. I mean, it's pretty short, so I might have finished it. Uh, no, I don't blame you. Actually, you did uh, start me off with a bad note because you had texted me about it being <laughs> mediocre when I hadn't started or the book yet. I had lowered your expectations enough for you to appreciate <laughs> it regardless. True. Um... I usually try to read even books that I don't love because uh, there have been plenty of books that like I either I got to a point and it like I don't know it like accumulated and it's like oh okay this is actually turning into something. Or, well, this like, is going to be like I just didn't get. This is probably going to be like um like the Bowen book because I was about to ask you why we read it, but mm-hmm. then I suppose it was kind of your choice was random. I assume it was more like you hadn't read it before. Yeah, so there wasn't a reason. Um, I had only read, like, the big four for Faulkner, um, uh, by which I mean Absalom, Absalom, As I Lay Dying, Sound in the Fury, and Light in August, um, which were uh, not his first four books, but, like, he wrote, like, in, I don't know, like, a seven- or eight-year period mm-hmm. uh, in his, like, 30s. And then uh, the rest of his books are more, well, like, rewarded awarded like he got posters for later books but um i've never like been uh no one yeah they, they're, they're never like mentioned or written about um but yeah i'd only read the the, the big four um well yeah, that the, i guess the assumption was always that like the other the other books got like posters of like you know like lifetime achievement awards for mm. faulkner um well, we'll talk about why why we think it fell short in a minute. But um, I, that 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 came to my mind when I was trying to uh, brainstorm about what to discuss because obviously this book was written in the late forties, and right. Absalom, Absalom, which was a remarkable thing to uh, read at least upon first yeah. reading, you know, the beginning and everything to introduce yourself yeah, to yeah. Faulkner was um, second reading. Yeah. Uh, was a strong book, and then this one. The two readings over the course of where I, I read it as a, a freshman in college, so 
Yeah, two readings over like 15 or 13 or 12 or whatever years. But well, but, um, yeah. but let me finish this, my this point. I don't think was. <laughs> let me finish my point, yeah, which is that uh, I'm worried that maybe by this time when he had more acclaim that it affected his writing, specifically in mm. his, uh, I don't know, ego or something to have a statement about the like uh, like you said about his speech he gave for the the prize um just a very uh what's the word i'm looking for a statement about the world that was kind of a blanket approach you know to the didactic yeah i wonder if that affected how he wrote which would be unfortunate because uh you didn't feel that in, in i mean you did feel the idea of like him exploring what the South means to him and and right. the Civil War and, and race and everything in Absalom, but it wasn't so in-your-face, repetitive, uh, written out explicitly like, like it was in Intruder in the Dust. Right. Um, I think some of that might just be age. And I mean, he's not the first nor the last writer to have like a good decade and then no. not be able to... I mean, a lot of, there there are plenty of, uh, plenty of, I mean, almost pretty much every writer has been good for a while. If they were ever good, they're good for a while and then they either die or (laughs) they just keep writing, you know, like Wordsworth had had like a, had a, had a good time and then, you know, he survived for another 30 years or something. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, Whitman wrote Leaves of Grass and then, you know, survived for another 40 years not writing anything good. Um, a lot of his later poetry is kind of doggerel. Um, so yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, sometimes you just have it for a little while, especially, uh, such a lightning in the, in a bottle kind of talent or lightning in the bottle, uh, works as, as I lay dying. Like you can't, you know, <laughs> systematize that you can't just keep churning out as i lay dying yeah absalom absalom yeah but you know how how do you feel about the fact that he wrote about specific a specific place that he invented and then had recurring characters do you think that was uh, something that added or took away from his later ability that is so like uh integral to the faulknerian like vision Vision. Uh, it has to be like a place. It has to be a place that he keeps returning to. Because, um, I mean, that's his south. That's his community. That's his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, yeah, uh, for the, you know, for good or bad of, of, of it being a community. Well, there's something. Um, there's something about that that's attractive, but then it would be limiting, wouldn't you think, a little bit? Like, not expanding your horizons as a writer, maybe. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a, he did occasionally write non. I've always had a mental block on the name of the county of, of the, <clears throat> the, the county because uh, I, I, I can't pronounce it. Quiz Bowl, I don't know how to say it. My brain, Yaknap Taufa. Yep, that's right. That fourth Yaknap Taufa. I guess Taufa. It was the W P H A that I messed up in Quiz Bowl. I always had trouble pronouncing things. Oh, wow. Um, but that's one thing. Well, what, well you had to pronounce um, it correctly in Quiz, quiz Bowl that mattered? It didn't matter that you knew it? Well, I, I mean, I obviously knew. Like, I could have spelled it, I guess. <laughs> I should have said, should have asked if I could spell it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to know it, you know, exactly. Um, or else you don't get credit. Like, people in the room knew that I knew it, but that doesn't mean we got the points for me knowing it precisely. 
Um, yeah, I've, I've, ever since then, I've had a, like a mental block about pronouncing it correctly. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that uh, he, he did write a couple of times outside of that, but it's not like those novels are like Sanctuary, uh, a couple others. I, I, those aren't like uh, especially like celebrated. Um, yeah, I think I think I think staying in staying in in, in the county was uh, just like so. Yeah, that, 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 that's just like, integral to to it, it's an essential part of Faulkner's writing, Faulkner's South and Faulkner's uh, yeah sense of the uh, well, polis. And it's interesting that society. the characters recur too. Uh, yeah. You had mentioned Absalom. Like Evans is in a couple. Yeah. And then Quentin, Quentin you had mentioned. Course. Yeah. Lucas, uh, from this novel, was in... A short uh, story, Another right? one that I looked up in Cleanth Brooks. Um, yeah, he's, he's from another one, too. Um, so, yeah, these are, like, people from, like, history, from a town, from uh, an actual south, um, whose, you know, names... And deeds would, uh, yeah, just kind of weave in and out together with each other. Well, uh, I guess let's at least give the gist of what the book is about. Where, yeah, um, it's a- funny that um, I got a, I, like I said, I got this from a used bookstore, and um, I got like a mass market paperback of it, mm-hmm. which sells it as like a pot boiler detective story hmm. uh which is great <laughs> um i mean it's not not a detective story um <clears throat> and faulkner's dabbling in the detective story which uh to some degree uh absalom absalom kind of does a little bit like a little bit of that although not like you know in the present tense it's um uh quentin and shreve uh, I don't know if we know last name. True, whatever his Canadian, free of Alberta. Uh, them, you know, kind of trying to suss things out, motives, and in that case, just like actions. Um, uh, after the fact. Um, this? Yeah, this, it's funny that they, this is like presented as a, as a, this is presented at least to. Sorry, are you there? Yep. Sorry, you uh, you went in and out there for a minute. Are you still there? I was, I was reaching over. Oh. Yeah. Well, I was going to say babbling is a good word, I think, to use with how uh, it interrupts the mystery. The babbling is what yes. does it in, really, because, um, you know, it is an exciting sort of like uh, adventure mystery thing for uh, pieces of it, but then a lot of it is uh, I wrote down – a trail of related anecdotes is what a lot of it is. And you, you, like, you'll see literally one of the things that reminded Faulkner to write an anecdote was, uh, the lock on the door. Okay. Which, and then like we had three stories or something after that kind of not related to the story we're reading about, but related to the history of the town. And you had said in one of my comments uh, on our shared document that it was meaningful without having much compelling meaning, which I thought was a good way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, it has like a feeling of resonance, but like it's resounding to, it's, to resound. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, I guess 
I feel like Absalom, the novel Absalom, chose what it was going to be better than this book did in a way, you know? Yeah. It's kind of in between, and that makes it worse, maybe, because uh, there's just a lot of exposition that is interesting because it's well written maybe but then it's like why i mean it's it sort of gets back to your maybe earlier criticism that it was um that he was trite where it's like we get we get what you're saying dude i mean but it's not like amounting to yeah i mean he said the same thing 25 times i mean i don't know if you know this but you should i almost texted you this but i didn't i never know if you're gonna uh um, share my sense of humor, but get women and children to do whatever you need done, Nash. I mean, that that is key. Okay, that is a key principle. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, no, he said it so many times. Worried about facts. Oh, yeah, jeez. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> the weird motto of this book. <laughs> Which, yeah, I, it's... I mean, I, I got mean, it the I first time, and I thought it was kind of like... The first time he said it was said in a a way that was sort of indirect from, uh, I think, Molly. I'm not even sure now. but And then he said it again and again and again. I'm like, okay. I mean, I I kind of thought, oh, that's intriguing. It might even be, it might be earlier than, yeah. But yeah. It does it anyway. a lot. <laughs> it comes. It comes back in waves. Uh, yeah, so that was one of the things, I just, as an example, where it's like, okay, wow. I mean, you know, that's not that... That's not that interesting to say so many times, so many ways. I mean, you know. Yeah. I would I would have edited out a few or... of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was reading in Cleanth Brooks one of the criticisms that I didn't yeah, that other people had that I didn't really have was about like Gavin Stevens, you know, the uh the lawyer, his uncle, mm-hmm. um like being like having bad ideas <laughs> like that's that's okay yeah that's fine i mean like that happens <laughs> some like uh you know well, well-educated southern lawyer isn't gonna have good ideas or ideas i agree with mm-hmm. yeah i know what you mean uh i guess i didn't like how this 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 is interesting because it goes back again to absalom i guess that's my reference point the the dialogue for a lot of it was how I would envision or how I envisioned Faulkner to write dialogue. Okay, a lot of it, like Lucas, the way he wrote Lucas and a lot of the uh, characters were very colloquial. And uh, what do you call it when you, you know, the way you hear something, the way you hear people yeah. talk. And then Gavin was not like that, really. And then when Charlie, uh, I think his name is Charlie, right? Um, yeah, or Chick. Chick and, or Charlie the Kid. When he spoke and Gavin spoke together, I did not think that was uh, that didn't jive with the rest of the novel. I didn't feel like. Do you agree? It wasn't natural at all the way they had conversations about ideas, and it was like yeah, that's that's I think maybe if if, if maybe where that criticism comes in is that it feels like Gavin um, is almost like a character or like a like a writer author insert character. Maybe because of how like unnatural his, you know, I mean it's only like ten pages of the book, but yeah, his his like speeches about the South come in. Yeah. Um. Maybe that's part of I, I, if that criticism's getting at anything. Um. 
I think it's it's coming from a place of yeah these like there's got to be some <laughs> you're just like given given like these these like chunks that just don't fit in with the rest of the melange. Right. Um, it's kind of like you like agree with them. It's still like just just a chunk. And it may uh, it may go back to the style of that decade or something. Um, very just. Uh, like very pompous out of context speeches about big ideas that again I feel like I hope Faulkner wasn't saying the I mean I'm sh- I'm assuming he was saying them to the reader because he had become an international success and he was saying things about World War 2 and the south and the federal government and everything uh and I just I just don't think that's appropriate the way he did I wonder it wonder when he got into I know he uh, started writing for film. Yeah, right? that was before uh, this, I think, because he wrote okay. The Big Sleep, that. which was 1946. So. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, maybe that, like, like Krusty the Clown says, he could write a, a <laughs> what is it, uh, slipping on a banana. Yeah, I know, you brought that up before. It's pretty funny, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we really make you think. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I wonder if it, uh, yeah, like his his affairs with script girls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, um, nineteen thirty two is when he started work. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> definitely definitely earlier. Um, but yeah, I wonder if 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 Hollywood kind of that like that those like clunky speech that clunky speechifying was yeah probably of, yeah studio writing yeah because you know studio writing ironically made uh Fitzgerald a lot better really I think uh Tender is the Night is his best work but like it uses like filmic techniques you know in a way that like really uh advances hmm. Fitzgerald's writing where I don't get the same thing here yeah so what were you gonna say no I, I it reminds me of patriotic movies in the 40s um hmm. when there'll be sort of a crescendo of orchestration you know all of a sudden yeah. And James Cagney or something will come out and have a speech that just kind of doesn't fit the movie, except that it's a patriotic speech, and then it ends the movie, and it's like you're supposed to jump up and go join the army or something. So that's what. But I mean, I'm not saying that's what the speeches in the book were, but that's what it felt like. Kind of like you're supposed to just be enlightened by Gavin's uh, somehow like esoteric knowledge well, I, about I would just say just like the just like how they're 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 presented it doesn't even right 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 because I, I don't i, don't I see what you're saying you're, you're not criticizing the fact that he has ideas that you don't agree with i agree with what you're saying there um yeah. i so just I, I still just think that the clunkiness of where how they're just yes. like slated in it's like yeah well, it feels like and I just don't think it's the novelist's job to solve the world's problems like that, like a political problem. I mean, why why are you acting like you're the king of the world? I don't. I just didn't like the feeling that gave me because um, that's not how Absalom felt. Politics are, are different things. That's just not how Absalom felt, though. You know, so it was kind of disappointing. At least I'm just assuming right there. You know, I don't know for a fact, but uh, anyway, either way, clunky and didn't didn't uh it wasn't enjoyable to read it was weird to read because it was just like well it's weird for us i guess more so because we don't live in that time but uh 
It's like, where is this coming from? <laughs> We're talking about a guy accused of murder. Can we get to the part where, like, either he is lynched or uh, saved? Because uh, I don't see that happening yet. You know, it's like interminable. <laughs> you know, just on and yeah, on. I mean, it's the same I day and imagine everything. Imagine a novel where, like, you know, it's it's a it's presented as like a pot boiler detective story, but then there's you know. Uh, little little dabblings of 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 like higher literature, uh, or at least you know more pretentious literature, or or however you want to put it, of non-genre literature going on. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think that they like um, the, the the way they work in this in this story. Don't, it's just, uh, yeah, it doesn't like expand the story in some. Surprising way, or it doesn't uh, deepen deepen the events in, in, in some surprising way. I thought the uh, beginning of the book was the strongest part, where the anecdote about the previous yeah. uh, interaction with Lucas and Charlie. You want to talk about the meaning right. of that when he was in the creek, and well, let's talk about race since we didn't talk about it last time for Absalom, because that's <laughs> right. Um, yeah, what do you want to say about race and, and the, for for Lucas? Because um, this is actually, uh, I, I would I would almost say, I mean, yeah, Lucas for himself, uh, he he's he's from the McCaslin line. I'm not looking at the books. So I, I I don't even know where I would love to remember that. I can't remember the name. Um, but there's something like aristocratic about him. And it's important to me that, like, that first time that he... Remember when, like, the drunks were at the store and wanted to beat him up <clears> because <throat> they said he was an Edmonds? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I'm a McCaslin. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first... That, 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 that first, like, violence against him, um, it's obviously, you know, in the context of him being a black person who wasn't, like, just, you know, eyes down, Mr... Uh, sir, um, but uh, it's it's also in the context of, or more specifically in the context of his like family lineage. Um, that's interesting to me because that's uh, yeah that, that that complicates the the the, the simple you know racial line. Yeah. Um, and and he like is the way in which he's like better bred than just some white trash you know yeah um even within or like like uh, certainly to, to hit to his logic he's better bred than you know the beat for uh white trash people the galleries and the uh all those people yeah um so yeah i think reading it as just a simple like racial thing is um yeah, I think we have to complicate the, the, the racial racial story with uh, Lucas himself. Well, and, and his lineage. I, I assume that's why it's so um, annoying to Charlie. I guess the fact that he is interacting with somebody that that is classified as black, obviously, but then yeah, um, doesn't look black in a few ways, and then doesn't act black as he understands how they're supposed to. And, uh, you know, it just bothers him in a way that he doesn't understand because he's, I guess, young and he's been been raised with these expectations. And he, he feels 
that he should be superior, but I guess he knows he's not superior to Charlie. I mean, to uh, Lucas. Um, yeah. And not as good, maybe. Even though he's young, but I mean, in his head, he's like looking and admiring the uh, confidence and the ability to lead and so forth, whatever Lucas has uh, and display yeah, that, in that, that interaction. Uh, not exactly stoicism, but that like intractability. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the one of the words I would get, I, I, I would get to describe Lucas. Yeah, but that was kind of a weird, like, he was obsessed with Lucas for a bit after that. He was young. He, I guess he was 14 or something like that. Uh, but when, the, when that happened, I guess it was, it was like, four or five years earlier. Yeah. 12 or 11 or something. Yeah, 12. Okay, so. When he fell in the creek. Um, and that obsessed yeah, him for, like, a year. And I remember he, he the, the novel talks about he would, uh, you know, wait around for Lucas to come. Recognize to see if he would look at him and he just had this yeah. feeling that they had a debt well i guess something we should say is um he lucas helped him out of the creek and kind of gave him dinner and warmed his clothes and stuff and then uh charlie tried to pay for well he offered to pay in a way and then when lucas yeah, like 70 or turned him down he threw it on the ground and told him to pick it up and lucas did not and had the other boys That's pick Alexander. it up. Yeah. yeah. And he felt affronted by this because he felt that, I guess, I don't know, I shouldn't say feeling. He was in an expectation that Lucas would obey him, but he knew he wouldn't obey him. So he felt like something weird about that that lingered in his mind. And uh, he couldn't let it go. And I guess yeah. I guess the you would say is, he likes uh, Lucas. racist would use is that he's, he's uppity. Yeah. Maybe. But then it's like the fact that Lucas is a child, I think, makes it where he's trying to make sense of things that aren't really his fault yet so much. Um, You know what I mean? It'd be different if it was a 50-year-old man. There wouldn't be any growth or anything. A lawyer. (laughs) But but it's like that was key because that made him have an affinity or an, an, uh, at least a um what's what's the word i would use kind of a um connection to lucas yeah. that he wouldn't have had otherwise when uh lucas was in jail for murder and he was able to help Maybe. him out he wouldn't have even been near saved his life. he yeah. wouldn't have even been near the choice to uh the decision to help him out i don't think otherwise without that connection yeah. um which i don't think he ever fully understood and um yeah, I, I, I wonder if there's, like, an allegorical reading, like, some sort of allegorical reading about how, like, uh, I mean, white people owe black people the South, basically. Um, and that's, like, like owing somebody something is, is, is or somebody, somebody, you know, um, yeah, being indebted to somebody is going to make you hate them more than, you know, give, have them giving you the chance to give them charity or something. Um, and then eventually, like, coming around to understanding Lucas's inherent innocence. Um, yeah, but there, there, there's some turgid didactic reading that you could give to the book, which I don't really <laughs> care to. <laughs> but, uh, at least, at least would go some way to... Now... Yeah, I don't know, explaining why this book had to be at <laughs> This book had to be what? Well, why this book had to be. Um, oh. 
yeah, I, I, just just reading. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the the spark. Yeah, where from this book came from? Unless it was uh, like I said, which again may be one of his weaknesses. At least eventually, as he aged, was his desire just to explore the characters that he, he had already invented, mm. and just to yeah. put them in a situation uh, or their relations in a situation, and so forth. Um, maybe he just liked Lucas and he th- was walking around and thought of this crime or, and then, uh, um, yeah. you know, it's weird. I, 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 I actually have a book of mysteries. It's five stories by Faulkner and Gavin Stevens oh. is in all of them and they're good. I, I like them, but they're, they're not, uh, okay. they're not Absalom, but they're short stories. And, uh, I bought it specifically because I was like, wow, that's really weird, unique. And it's, I thought it was so funny that Gavin was in this story too. And I said, wow, that's the same guy. I don't like him as much in this book as I do in those stories. He's a lot more, uh, you know, it, it, he reminds me a lot of, uh, of, uh, what, who was that guy in To Kill a Mockingbird? You know what I'm talking about, the, um, Atticus. Yeah, Atticus Finch. In the, in the short stories, he reminds me a lot of Atticus Finch. Very, very, uh, very. Exactly Atticus Finch in this one. Right, he's too wordy in this one. But in in the short stories, he's very in the not. What am I trying to say? He doesn't talk much. He's not. Mm. Uh, he's not giving more s- venerable didactic speeches. He's just uh, more observing and um, very, uh, very careful with his words. And um, so I had a fondness for him going into the book. So that was weird. Um, yeah, I, he did get very annoying by the end because it's like you know. Especially, you know, because he he has a point of view about Lucas that wasn't fair from the get-go. And it's like he was a good person, not even a good person. You can't even give him that, I guess, because he that was his job, right? A public defender. So he wasn't even yeah. kind of volunteering. Well, he's a... I guess, I mean, he had the, the choice of not taking the case, I think. Okay, maybe I think so. he's just a lawyer. He was a. I think he was elected public defender, but I could be wrong. Okay. And so, in that sense, he had sort of an obligation, at least to a degree. I think he did. Now, anyway, um, so yeah, he he was annoying at the beginning, even when he was talking to Lucas, because it's like I get what you're saying to a degree. You're saying Lucas, you didn't have to be so uh, in the context of of when he was caught. You didn't have to be so arrogant. I guess was his point about Lucas. And I'm not siding with him. I, I'm just saying I can see why you would mention that as a problematic aspect. Like it's important it's to like, save your life. Yeah. So, but then he goes on and on about it, and it's like you know, I don't know. Um, that that got annoying because he was just so insistent that Lucas was such a brag, like a like an annoying prick and he wasn't that way at all it was it wasn't really that fair to lucas i actually i wanted to ask you a question about the crime which which is kind of boring in the context of uh other conversations we could have i guess about ideas and stuff but i didn't really understand the um the killing of the brother it seemed very um unnecessary what do you think about that yeah that's uh if if Faulkner were going to kill somebody, uh, maybe he would do it so yeah, complicatedly. But yeah, um, it doesn't. It feels like uh, just a guy could kill his brother in a more <laughs> succinct way. Um, 
Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. I got the fact that he was he was basically stealing lumber, and then people saw him do it. I got that. You know, yeah. and then uh, after that, I got confused, and I was I was just like, I don't understand who. Like the second guy that was yeah, killed was. The thing that oh, Brooks talks about is that the movie version gets rid of like some of that, just like some of the complications in the plot, and apparently makes it makes the plot better. I forgot there was a movie. Um, who wrote the movie? Let's look it up. Uh, well, I know I, I'm pretty sure he didn't write the movie. Okay. I wonder why not. I know that he sometimes wrote the films for his short stories. Um, yeah, he did not write it. Some guy ben named Maddow. Ben Maddow. Oh, you're fast like me. All right, yeah. so... 1949. Uh, I don't know these actors here. Dude, that is fast. Yeah. Maybe he wrote it for selling to Hollywood, which might explain some things. Well, I mean, Faulkner had just won the Nobel Prize, so even mm. my copy from 1949 talks about how he was a Nobel Prize winner, which is one of the reasons it's funny that it also... Your copy is like from 1949? Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's, a, it's a mass market paperback from like right after, right when it got published. Um and it's like simultaneously, here's a Nobel Prize winner, and here's a, you know, detective fiction. Um, so, do you want to talk about it? It seem a lot more pulpy in the genre than it is. I guess getting into the content, content of his, uh, his point of view would be boring. Yeah. Okay. To see a lot of it's wrong. Also, uh, I mean, maybe maybe like elucidating a little bit, like what he means by homogeneity. But that's uh, yeah, I, it, I don't know. It's not terribly like. Uh, well, I'll just say this. Well I'll just say yeah. I, I will say what I got out of it that may be worthwhile um, in a universal way would be uh, sort of the Christian idea, maybe of suffering having more merit than living in abundance. I think he was trying to say that, like, okay, and again, it's not right uh, to subjugate people, to uh, allow them to be enlightened while you live off, <laughs> you know, your bounty. But yeah, in, a way, in a way, there is a, um, in a way, there is a blessing to, to suffering, uh, for anybody, I guess, um, to a degree, I think. I don't know if you agree with that, but to a degree, you know, you always learn something from suffering to to uh, to whatever extent someone has to suffer. Um, but it's not desirable, I guess, for anybody. You wouldn't yeah, choose it necessarily. Is, uh, according to Brideshead, suffering is the uh, you know necessary to make you holy. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I did. That's kind of the idea where I was like, I think he's trying to say that a little bit, but I, it's just long-winded and very political the way he said it. So, uh, and you know, maybe not appropriate to the context of the book because I mean, you know, it, it especially as a lawyer, it was kind. Of, it's kind of a weird thing to uh, 
to defend. And he kept saying to Lucas, don't stop. Or not Lucas, to uh, Chick. Don't stop. Just don't stop. And it's like, what are you talking about? I mean, 1948, I don't know. Anyway. Movie is also only 87 minutes. Good for them. Old movies, dude, a lot of them are short. I guess you have, like, newsreels and stuff. Yeah, the assumption that every movie has to be two hours... Oh, that is... is not good. I totally two agree. Yeah. Some of these movies are two and a half hours, and it's like, you have, like, 95 minutes of good movie there. A lot of movies from... Because movies are so expensive now that you have to, like, justify going there, I guess, is the thought. You can't just, if you're paying $12 to go to a movie, you don't want to see a 92-minute comedy. I don't know what the thought is. A lot of movies from the 30s are like an hour long. Yeah. Um, I mean, they would also like run, it wouldn't just be like, and they would have, you know, shorts and the newsreels and stuff. So I don't know if that was necessarily a creative decision. Um it does give you room to tell stories that are only an hour or 90 minutes or whatever, which are, which is some stories. It's not every story is a two and a half hour story. Uh, off topic, but have you, um, have you seen any movie movies lately? <laughs> uh, no, I'm saving up the French dispatch for uh, after Thanksgiving. That's what I was going to ask you about. Okay. I haven't seen it yeah. either. I'm intrigued by Dune. I don't know if Dune is still in theaters. I think it probably is. I haven't seen it. I, I, I like sci-fi and fantasy is not. I saw the, uh, I mean, I've obviously seen the David Lynch. Yeah, version. it's not my thing either, but uh, I loved the David Lynch movie. I really liked it. I also like uh, Dennis Villeneuve uh, in general. Um, is that the director? Yeah, he's he's, I, he's not like my favorite director or anything. Um, but yeah, he... he uh, at least, yeah, it creates, like, striking imagery that you don't necessarily see in these, you know, like, the brown Marvel movies where everything's just, uh, you forget about it, you know, pretty instantly. Um, yeah, uh, I think he also works with um, the cinematographer, at least I think for, what what, what was it, uh, the Blade Runner 2000... Uh, 49. 49 he worked with roger i think he worked with roger deakins who's the cinematographer well, I, I don't I'm, I'm i'm looking i'm facing this out so i can look it up yeah he worked with roger deakins i was right okay oh i liked um, sicario a lot that was a great movie he did yeah, sicario. So roger deakins is um a really uh he's, he's worked with the coen brothers before uh, he was a cinematographer on Fargo, I know, off the top of my head, and 1917. And Okay, that's interesting you said 1917. That's what I thought of when I thought of Dune, when you said striking oh. images. Interesting. Because yeah, that but, had one of the best um, scenes I've ever seen just, in my life for color. Not Dennis Villeneuve, but um, the yeah, filming I mean, Roger Deakins himself. Who, like, I, I've looked at uh, interviews where he's talking about like you know shooting on film versus shooting digitally. Did you see... Um, 19- he, he sounds brilliant. I, I, I obviously don't know that much about shooting on film myself or shooting on digital myself, but yeah, he sounds brilliant, so... Did you see uh, 1917? 
Yeah, it was good. The middle part where he's running into that abandoned house and they do like a... I don't know what the, you would call the, it. A, the tracking shot? Yeah, I guess, yeah, like a crane yeah. shot almost. I mean, I guess it's all, it's all. But much. I've just never forgotten that, though. That was crazy. That yeah. really, that really Im- impacted my, uh, my brain there, that scene. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so some of uh, his images, just like his, his uh, yeah, shot compositions. Well, that may have uh, convinced me to go see Dune, you know, because I hate digital movies. I, I just don't like the, I mean, the Marvel thing, obviously, we have common ground yeah. on, but the, uh, the the effects that are just fake, I don't like typically. But that was astounding, which I I think it was yeah. I think it was a lot of, was digitally enhanced, obviously, unfortunately. But however know, he I'm sure however he did he, that he's uh, at least if I remember correctly, uh, he's he's all for like uh, just doing whatever you need to do to get the shot mm-hmm. um, as, as as perfect as possible. Um, if that, you know, if that requires the digital CGI or anything, um, go on, do whatever you need to do. You can't have principles in, 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 in art or you can't let your principles get in the way of, you know, making the better shot. Okay. Well, he I... He is an order of the, of the, he's like a knight. Sir Roger Deakins. I didn't know that. He's so good at lighting shots that you become a sir. I'm always surprised how few people... Well, I guess maybe I won't know the number that turned it down, but I'm always shocked at the number of people that accept that, the knighthood stuff. Mm. I don't know if I, I would. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 get out, of, get out of my face, fucking queen. I don't care. Well, and it... Um, it just puts kind of a target on you, right? I mean, I don't know. Skyfall, that was another one that he made. Really? I like that movie. Yeah, I'm looking at his Wikipedia now. Yeah, that's the only um, the only James Bond movie that I have, like, actually enjoyed. <laughs> the rest of them are... Really? Either fine or bad, <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. I liked all the oh, Daniel Craig yeah. ones, except the most recent, which I saw, I will admit to. Oh, okay. And I did not like it at um, all. I do I not like it. I thought the other Daniel Craig movies that I've seen, I, haven't, I don't know if I've seen all of them, they were all fine. Okay. Obviously, he did uh, Big Lebowski, Roger Deacon. Yeah, we watched that together in yeah. college. Well, I have watched that movie in every state of being possible. In class, out of class. Okay. Uh, sober. Not I've only seen it once. A variety of not being. Yeah. Cool. The only oh, I don't think he worked on Dune though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Really? Okay. Hold on. I, I thought yeah. you. I thought you had yeah. verified that before you went on your. Uh, no, there. I was. I, I just. I just knew that he had. Re- he had worked on other um, Dennis Villeneuve stuff. Denis Villeneuve. 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 Well, he should have done Dune if he didn't. That's for sure. I don't. I, I think Dennis Villeneuve is Canadian, so I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Sicario. You know what's weird about Sicario is uh, that's the. They always do it like kind of English, kind of American. Sicario is the one movie I've seen with Chase McDonough in a theater. 
And that uh, that movie was stunning. I will, that was a really good movie. I honestly yeah. was. Uh, you've seen it? I'm always shocked when you've seen movies. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I mean, not sitting there at home writing or something. Yeah, writing or reading or whatever you do. Um, doing yoga. Okay. Well, I feel bad that Faulkner would hate us for our uh, lackluster conversation. I suppose, but. I really I don't recommend the I don't recommend the book either. I mean, it started out strong, and um, it just it just didn't. I did like the characters. I liked Lucas a lot. I liked Chick a lot. Uh, yeah, Lucas was a strong character. And I liked uh, the woman. Um, what is her name? Patterson. The lady. Yeah, she was uh, Miss Habersham. Habersham, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. So, there were there were definitely uh, moments of enjoyable reading. I liked those three characters, but I I really wouldn't recommend it either. But by the time I finished it, it was just like, what is going on? I mean, it was just too much repetition, and I felt like he, like you said, he was saying a lot, but saying nothing over and over again. It was just weird. I don't know. Um, yeah, and like the the. Notes of history are just like notes of history. They're not, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's filling out or, or you know, uh, deepening or, or kind of, um, yeah, making making this story kind of stretch out and extend that much deeper. It's just, oh, yeah, this is where the Confederates would have marched past while they were surrendering or, or you know, running or retreating away from... Oh, and the girl she she scratched her name in the window with a yeah. with a diamond, and she watched her that's her lover walk away. People. I don't know. Yeah, lover, yeah. I, I wrote that down as my example, the one with the jail, where it's like he went on mm-hmm. and on about the jail, and then there were so many other examples. I didn't even track them. Yeah, <laughs> I said he'll know what I mean. <laughs> okay, he'll definitely know what I mean yeah. when I say it. Uh, oh, no, 100%. Um, I, I wish this had, like, you know, drawn into... Like I said, uh, sometimes when... Uh, I, I, I'll read a book to the end just because, like, it'll it'll accumulate to something, you know? Like, the yeah. strands that originally were like, I don't, I don't know what that's doing. Uh, by the end, I will know what it's doing and mm-hmm. it will have done something good. Uh, but I don't know that that ever happened. Let's look. No. It wasn't. It was not a satisfying ending, at all. Yeah. It, it was actually condescending. You know, it it actually reminded me of the beginning where Gavin annoyed me at the jail when he was talking about how dare you be so uppity, you know, to Lucas. Mm-hmm. And Lucas is all calm and like, uh, "Sir, I need you to dig up a body." You know, I, I'm like, <laughs> "Why are you lecturing me here?" Yeah. And then at the uh, end, when he tries to pay him, which he should have been allowed to do. And then Gavin's like, $2 for my quill pen or whatever. The, it was just condescending. I didn't like the ending. Yeah. I mean, I realize he was the no, character, but yeah. Anyway, not satisfying. Not, ugh. I didn't like it. Yeah, but the, I mean, the big four are so good that it's, it's, uh. Well, it's well written. I would say it's, it's, it's well written yeah. in a, in a way that is, if you're not used to reading Faulkner, is not predictable. 
the way he writes sentences and it, it kind of felt like a like a like some kind of excellent like, like like expert chef who right i don't know he's like a steak chef who sold out to cook chicken yeah <laughs> but he like tries to use the same ingredients on the chicken Oh yeah, you wrote that down. You wrote that down. I don't go to restaurants. I'm already. I only eat chicken. I, 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 am already past my death. But you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Yeah. Well, or or like a really great director that does a a television movie or something. Mm. And And trying to do the same, but like everything's great except yeah, it's not a very good. It's not good material or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's well done. So I can imagine picking it up off the shelf at the used bookstore, reading it, and being like, who's this Faulkner guy? This is a good writer. Or it's a weird, it's kind of like odd writing. Or it's like very unique, very characteristic of him. So to a degree. Not not like Absalom, but to a degree about his style. And that would probably, I would probably keep reading him if I read this first and didn't know who he was, you know? But Yeah, hopefully that would, would trick you into reading... Uh, found in the fury or Adelaide yeah, Island. but if you're out there, I don't think we recommend this one. No. To start with, okay. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Would well, you have anything else okay. to say? <laughs> no, I'm done. Okay, me too. Uh, yeah. So next 